Welcome to Mummy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting, it can be scary. And kids are definitely creepy. I'm Mummy. My name is Carol, and I'm a writer, a producer, and I wish I had a lifetime subscription to Penthouse Magazine. I'm Daddy. My name is Josh, and I'm a music publisher, a podcaster, and Moss Garcia throws rocks at dogs, uses profane language, picks his nose, impure thoughts, negative body hygiene. We're parents to a seven-year-old we call Woo and an almost six-year-old we call Boo. And we love horror movies. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at MummyXDaddyPod. And remember to tell a friend about the show or leave us a review wherever you listen. We love to read them and they help other creeps like you find the show. Where did you come from? I mean, who sent you? <laughs> That's a very long story. Such a long story. And we're here to tell it. Oh, you better believe it. Jingle jangle. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Um, Merry Christmas season to you. Um, Happy holidays. Thank you um, for reciprocating. Happy winter solstice. Mm. And also... Um, happy fifth Mummy and Diddy Christmas episode. Oh my God. Yes. We found five of these to do? <laughs> yeah, we, we've we done. Let's see. Okay. For anyone who cares. Um, Me? Most <laughs> besides, importantly. Besides you. Meh. That's yeah, true. That's really, I. that's all I do it for. That's right. I'm here for you. That's right. It's what the season's all about. The very first one that we did for Christmas was Silent Night, Deadly Night. Of course. Which is very I, I feel like we may be talking about it tonight we may be yes. um and then friends we did i really should have had this prepared but i didn't um take your time krampus <gasps> krampus that was fun and then of course well you know it as well as i do the ch- sure the children you want me to say it or you're gonna say it <laughs> the children the snow the snow like holiday oh, yes. one yes that's that right that was great I think I may have given it a very bad rating. Who knows? Probably did. And then, oh God. Christmas presents falling down. I will not be editing that out. That was, we are I'm surrounded so- <laughs> by packages. Um, We're very hashtag blessed, but also hashtag swimming in a mountain of Amazon packages. Yes. Um, and then last year we did Home Alone, which was so that fun. That was a blast. And, and I, I know Good last- movie. I know last year we did say we were going to do Home Alone 2 this year, but we didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now we might have to just wait. We're going to wait till the all the Trumpiness to wear off of it. In Which the meantime, will be never. Could um, be never. But it would have been it would have been great to do since we had our Spooktober of Squeakwolves. That's true. We could have had Yeah. the the howling days <laughs> of second chances. Yes. 
You uh, don't come here for consistency, so. That's true. Certainly not. That would be an illegitimate use of an improper use of the podcast. Tonight, we're we're sipping a beverage. We've got a holiday beverage going. The clink of glasses. Is that a clink of glasses on ice on stainless steel? Mm-hmm. You better believe it. You better believe it. <laughs> this is we got to shout out Matt Matt again. We're going to post the, a picture of this, but we're drinking out of the the insulated tumblers you sent us. And most importantly, to kind of close the sort of tea bash loop around this. Mm, tie that bow. We're drinking a winter warmer old fashioned out of this, mm. which Elizabeth Lame turned us on to. Yep. Fairy tale of New York. That's right. The Smitten Kitchen recipe for the syrup. It's dynamite. We'll share it. You can have it too. It's on the internet, but we'll get it to yeah. you. Um, yeah. How are you doing? Uh, it's honestly, it's honestly uh, probably that part in the slide. You know how you were talking about the slide of the holidays yes. and how so excited you were. I was. It's the part where you just feel like, okay, you're going down the slide and you were so excited at the top mm-hmm. and it's starting to get thrilling. Yes. But it's also burning my butt because it's the childhood uh, slide of our youth. Yes. Where it's th- maybe a really greased up flying saucer that you've <laughs> used some industrial grade lubricant on and you're zipping down yeah, the it's, hill. It's like, oh, right. This has been baking in the sun. That's right. And it's Bingo. starting starting to burn my butt a little bit now or my you know the backs of your legs i should say i wasn't just going down slides like naked (laughs) (laughs) the tops of your shorts they'd ride up they would get a little wedgie going um they were so tall these slides of our youth oh yeah i think that would i think that would check out if any of them still existed it would absolutely check out do you you've been busy we've been so busy um We've been a double working family. Yeah. I've, you know, I've been busy, which means you've been busy, which means we've all been busy. And it's That's just true. the craziness of the holiday season. It's all been really fun stuff. Like everything is going well. It's just that time of the year where you're like, I don't have any time left now. That's like right. it's all, it's all spoken for. And, and yet you still want to do more things. Yeah, you're still trying to find ways to be like, well, what if I did a fun thing with my friends? Yeah. And then that can be stressful. Or you're like, we should do a thing for the kids. Yeah. We should go to the Christmas train. Mm-hmm. We, we did. The- <laughs> we just like booked that for, I don't know, some random night. Oh, no, no, no. It's a it's the first day of their vacation. So that's it's, right. it'll be all right by then. We've got, we've she had, said. and as you all, I think, know at this point, Boo is a December birthday. His birthday is coming up on Sunday. You just, quote unquote, air quotes, wrapped a job, which means you're also still working. Yeah. And, yeah. and Boo is sick. And Woo probably, too, if we're being honest. But, um, yeah, but non-COVID he... illin, home from school, which puts immediately throws the brakes on stuff in a way that I feel like yeah. as a parent, you'd think now, like eight years in, You'd figure out like you just got to bake in time. You got to bake in a day, hours here or there to like uh, to account for exactly that. Right. But you never do. Never do. You never do. Not a chance. You bake cookies instead. 
We made Rice Krispie treats and the yeah. kids won't eat them. We've been eating them. This fully eaten <laughs> half a tray of Rice Krispie treats in like two days. Um, They're really good, Josh. They are. I got the Christmas colored Rice Krispie and I got mini marshmallows, which I felt like were going to melt nice and smoothly in there. Was that true? Because don't melt the mollies oh. all the way. Mm-hmm. You want it to be a syrup that you're dumping these things in. I'm proud of you. It worked great. Yeah. They're holding up in an airtight container, still chewy now. Yeah. Days in. It's going to be great for us. <laughs> yeah. It is going great. Uh, um, what about you, Josh? Me, I'm Hi. good. I'm good. I feel the same way. I feel chaotic a bit. Um, I think, w- and work is doing the forced slowdown because we close. And so, uh, yeah. And kind of stagger time. So most people are gone next week. That's nice. It is. Real nice. It is. But it also feels like there's a bunch of just stuff just hanging out there in a weird way, even though I can't really put a finger on it. We're going to do like a work holiday party. That's going to be fun. Yeah. That's the nice thing about having a a real job. Yeah. So that you get to do those things. And you love your coworkers. So I do. It's so nice. It's awesome. And this is going to be with all our like songwriters and stuff. It's going to be fun. It's going to, yeah. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. And I, I'm looking forward to I'm it. I'm going to take the kids to a, a light situation, yes. you know, at the gardens. Yeah, they put lights on stuff. You walk around. That's right. We accept- I'm going to do that by myself for some See, reason. Speaking of like the craziness of it, fully double booked that night, we accepted these extra tickets from somebody and then it was just like, oh yeah, I guess we're doing, We're wait, wait, There, I had this plan mm-hmm. the whole time. I just didn't think about it. Said yes, and now you're doing it solo. Yep. Yeah. It's that time of year, but it's all fun stuff. And uh, yeah. 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 Just got to hope the kids heal up and don't reinfect us. That's right. Well, because we're also going to go to Universal for Boo's birthday. We're going to Universal for Boo's birthday. Yeah. That's that's on Sunday. His birthday's on Tuesday. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Trying to make that special. He asked for... I asked him what kind of special breakfast he would like that day. And he said he wants the strawberry O's from Trader Joe's, which would be so quaint and cute if they weren't completely out of stock. At I know. Literally every Trader Joe's. And I actually started looking for these like a week ago when you when he said that. And I was like, you know what? I'll just grab a box now and just tuck them away. They're gone. They don't exist anymore. Makes you wonder why we go to like a specialty grocery store. Yeah. Get your kids hooked on a weird... <laughs> Thing that they could just like a seasonal cancel. cereal that they just, they they just run cancel out of. anytime they lose their strawberry contract and it's gone for good <laughs> oh boy but yeah otherwise i don't know there's been some fun in there went well, to a we marvelous had, holiday party oh well, we had thanksgiving too we had thanksgiving <laughs> we did that holy cow we yeah. had our dating anniversary that's an update from us i don't know this all this it feels like now we're getting off the rails it has been a month and a busy one as you may have heard and I am excited for these holidays still, even as I, I've been having a very Clark Griswoldy like week or so, mm. even though we have no family visiting. Mm. Um, I've had my uh, we barely got our Christmas card out the door the other day. Yes. And but we did. And uh, all because of you. And uh, well, most people who listen to the podcast are definitely on the mailing list so get excited that's so true (laughs) send us your address we'll send you one 
We'll, yeah, we'll put sure. a return address on. But Great if point. you if you send we'll us X out your our kids' eyes and stuff, home but. address. If you send us your home address where you where you sleep at night, then you will get a Christmas card. We'll drop one by. I might oh, uh, yeah. stick my hands and face in the mud outside your house and press it up against the wall. Oh, we're getting excited. We're um, getting excited to talk about this movie. We are. I hung up lights. I got a light replacement tool. I was fixing lights. They were out on the tree and on the house. I was up there with the staple gun on the ladder. The whole thing. Super scared I was going to fall off you and did the that. kids wouldn't know. Yeah. Like, you weren't around. You never are when I hang up the lights. I always do it when there's no one around who can help me. Yeah. <laughs> well, some call that a cry for help. Hmm. Some call it a silenced daddy. You did go up over a safety plan with the kids a couple days later that's good yeah it was the next morning actually it wasn't because of that but it was not not because of that i see because i passed you i i pulled up to the house and you were on the ladder and then i remembered i had to go get some bourbon for some more old fashions Mm. i was making for another holiday party and i saw you that holiday party wasn't real just making old fashions (laughs) yeah i better get some more bourbon my Who knows how many parties will be happening between now and tomorrow? That's your impression of me? Yes. Okay. Um, and so I, I went back out, and then by the time I got back, you were gone. It was very strange. Oh, um, yeah. You were dead. That's right. I was no, gone. You, took, you took the kids Light to a birthday party. But anyway, um, I think because I had talked about like something like that at this holiday party, I just, yeah, like the kids were watching cartoons, the cartoons ended, and I was like, all right, kids, we're going to talk about how to dial 911 from my phone, which is surprisingly complicated. It is. For little hands especially, they can barely turn the buttons off on their electric toothbrushes. Barely. So, yeah, that was tough. I doubt they'll remember. I don't know if you can tell digital assistants to call. Oh, I bet you could. I mean, maybe. I don't know, though, because I... This came up on a podcast recently that I was listening to, and I don't know if you can. So this will be some mummy and daddy homework for us to sure. figure out. And maybe if you know the answer, you can tell us, mummyxdaddy at gmail.com. Um, no. Certainly should be an accessibility feature. It should be, in which case I will just tell them to do that. Or at least even getting to Siri is easier than getting to the actual emergency phone call. Right. You know? Um, if they can match your voice, if they could do an impression of you as good as mine. <laughs> Uh, well, Boo could probably, if I had Face ID set up, he could probably match my face. That's true. <laughs> Very looks a lot like me. <laughs> that would be Here, so good. Put the emergency wig on. Emergency wig. <laughs> Any hoozle. Should we get into it? I think we should. Let's do it. Okay. Well, we watched a movie. Against all odds. I I watched it in three parts. That's right. I fell asleep, guys. <laughs> um daddy forged ahead without me and then i watched the rest uh in the daytime which you know isn't the best but i still feel like i got the general thrust of this movie and uh i bet you did <laughs> right in front of the christmas tree yeah um so we did watch <laughs> a movie and the movie is called Christmas Evil, or has some other names too, doesn't it? 
Because when the title card came up, it said, Oh, right. You better watch out. Yeah, which is a better title. It is. You better watch out is so much better. 1980 (laughs) feature film. The year of Aunt Monica's birth. Oh, bless it. And Edward R. Pressman presents. Do you know who that guy is? No. He's the heir to the Pressman toy fortune. You might remember some board what? games and stuff, Pressman's toys. Yeah. Is this so, supposed to be based on his real life? No, oh. but that's how they got the location for Jolly Dream Toys. It was a New Brunswick, New Jersey uh, toy factory that his mom owned. Wow. Yeah, but he's like a he has like a crazy film production uh, record. He's <laughs> resume? What's the word I'm looking for? An IMDb page. An IMDb page, as he knew it at the time. He was, uh, but like Bad Lieutenant, The Crow, Wall Street, like what? some rando series, you know? He, he some did what? IP. He produced them? Did he produce? Yeah, yeah. Well, he was just like a big film buff, I think, you know, because okay. and he just used that family money to produce cool stuff. Phantom it's... of the Paradise. <gasps> yeah. Blue oh. Steel. That's a fun Jamie Lee Curtis one. I don't know. Uh, yeah, lots of stuff. I like, mean, I I believe it because this movie has the DNA of a really good film, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's. It's, it's definitely uh a cut above in various aspects. Yes. But we'll get into it. Uh, this is streaming free on Tubi, if anybody wants to check it that's out. That's Tubi with an eye. Yes. And I'm I'm assuming it's also streaming free on all of the like free streamers, your Plutos and mm. all those, your Rokus or whatever mm-hmm. else, however that works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because it seems like it had some like... Uh, it seems like it's bounced around. When I was trying mm. to look up some pictures from it, I saw like a trauma release mm-hmm. of a DVD, yeah, uh, what and like a couple other, maybe a Canon, you know, like a lot of those, right? Real like true uh, B movie houses had their hands on this at some point or another. You know who didn't have their hands on it? No, Claudio. <gasps> or f- Nick. The fuck. Wouldn't touch it with a 39 and a half foot pole. 39 and a half foot pole. I, do you think that they've caught, we've caught up with them and now they're only reviewing movies we watch? Well, I'm never going to like look up this movie again. That's and, the problem. Right. So they'll we never, may never catch see us. them again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, this one. This one is going to come to us from Jason Duvall. Now, if you want to reach him. Robert's son? <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Uh, that's it. Jazzdove, J-A-S-D-U-V at edge.net. That's where you can find him. Jazzdove. <laughs> I bet he has a lifetime subscription to Penthouse Magazine. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Jazzdove. Jazzdove. At edge.net. <laughs> Well, he he made the effort, so we're going to recognize him tonight. All right. Okay, I'm going to read... We honor you. What Jason wrote for us here. Widely recognized as the best of the Christmas horror efforts. Hmm. Christmas evil. 
is the story of a boy who loves Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) He is scarred as a boy when he learns that Santa is not real. Yeah. That's not why he's scarred. Yeah, because... But... Okay. Okay. Throughout the rest of his life, the toy maker... (laughs) Him... The toy maker tries to make the Christmas spirit a reality. So he he grows up to be a toy maker. He becomes obsessed with the behavior of children and the quality of the toys he makes. When he is met with hypocrisy and cynicism, the resulting snap causes him to go on a yuletide killing spree mm. to complete this dark comedic horror. Hmm. All right. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Did okay, Jason. You did all right. You're no Claudio. Didn't end with a question. That's true. <laughs> we don't know what happens in the third act now. <laughs> um, I would just add that he is scarred as a boy when, mm-hmm. and this is all in like the first scene, the mom, it's him and his brother, and the mom sets this whole scene up of Santa coming down the chimney. I don't think that is what happens. What? I think that is a fantasy. And that he's retelling his his memory of those early days to his brother to describe to him, remember that time me, you, and mom saw Santa come down the chimney? No, I think she... I think she set it all up for them. Okay. So that they could see Santa because parents do that. That's true. Yeah. And then they go to bed. He Which, sneaks. By the way, everyone knows this bullshit because it would never work. The whole thing is you cannot see Santa. He would disappear if right. you knew you're in the room. That's how you know you're watching a fake Santa if you see Santa. Right. And then, um, and then he sneaks back down. And he sees his mom and dad. That's right. His dad is kneeling. Yeah. He's he has he's going he's at it. Also busy in the Christmas season. That's right. It's a scandalous scene, honestly. I was completely flustered. He keeps the beard on. He does. And she also has those bedroom slippers that are high heels but have like a poofy um like pom pom oh, on yeah, them, pom pom toe. You know, oh, good catch. I didn't. I didn't. It's feather. It's more of a feathery pom pom. Uh huh. It's yes. like a. It's like a Barbie accessory. That's not real. That real people don't own. No, because you'd rip that off like the first time you wore those. Well, you wouldn't slippers. wear heels. It's the weirdest thing. It's like a seventies thing. Yes. Or maybe even. No, I think sixties, seventies. Right, it could be. Yeah, it could easily be that. It's kind of like a almost probably flappery dinner theater kind of stuff. That yeah. so the sixties, fifties part could even been a throwback. But then it got regulated to like saucy, like lingerie wear. Right, exclusively available at Fredericks of Hollywood. <laughs> she's she's sporting those when all this happens, and he gets so mad. And so disgusted by what he's seen. And confused. And confused. And yeah, mainly confused, but also angry. Mm -hmm. He goes upstairs and he takes the snow globe and he smashes it. Mm. 
And then he takes the glass from the snow globe and he like cuts his hand, right? Yeah, he does. So Harry. That's Harry. Brother Harry. Anyway, that's why uh that's why he's scarred. So um he grows up to be a toy maker. And he really you know, he's been promoted. Yeah, yeah. Recently. He's off the line. He's, he's off the line. He misses it. Mm-hmm. His coworkers all seem to despise him. Yes. They're very rude, rude booties, these guys. They taunt him. Yeah, they've clearly been giving him shit forever. And yeah. now he's their boss, essentially, or their right. supervisor. And it has changed nothing. Yeah. One of the guys eats his sandwich out of his hand. <laughs> I mean, that's cold. Yeah. And he he seems to be completely shocked by by like capitalism. He goes to a party. Mm-hmm. He's also obsessed with Santa, and he like sleeps in a a house of toys. He must have a sleigh bed, right? He he would have if they had if Pressman given them a bit more of a budget, they would have. Yeah, I don't think we ever see where he lays his head down no, at night. He, but he's got always that... he's always asleep in that bed, Josh. Huh? He's sleeping like they have so many scenes of him like waking up and. Like, oh yeah, it's just a regular ass bed. It's yeah. just like on the frame that comes just... with the mattress. Yeah. So a box a box spring situation. Mm. Um, now he also. He has that chalkboard up in his living room too. He's counting down the days till Christmas. Yeah. And it starts out and it's like 55 days till Christmas, which <laughs> I love. So like, you know, we're like talking Halloween time. He's like a CVS. Mm. He's like ready to go <laughs> as soon as you'll let him open oh God, the boxes. Oh God, he'd be so, so upset by CVS. Oh my God. Don't you think he'd love it? Because it's like, it's Christmas, like October 29th. I think that that would anger him. He's kind of mercurial, this guy. Yeah, I mean, he is is a bit demented, you know. <laughs> so anyway, he like goes to this holiday party and his and like the the head honcho like is talking to him about like donating the toys to. Yeah, to a local hospital. To the hospital. hospital. And then they say it's basically all just a, a front, right? Like they don't actually do it. They don't actually donate the toys. They're like, how could we possibly know how many toy, how many kids are in that hospital? Yeah, they basically make a donation and then mm-hmm. they ask the employees to kick in. Right. So like and to make up does. the shortfall. And of course, nobody does. These are all, you know, hourly union workers. Right. They I have, mean. And why would you say like this company makes the toys? They can give them away at cost. There'd be no reason at all. Yeah. For them to pitch in to yeah. make this corporate donation possible. It's kind of like it's kind of like Amazon Smile, which has since been retired. Which oh. is pretty crazy. Yeah. They'd be like, you can donate to certain causes yes. if you just use the, the specific page. And it's like, why are we doing yeah, this? What if you just do it? What if I just tell you you should donate to this yeah. food bank and you just give them some money? <laughs> what if you just like pay corporate taxes? Yeah. We're kind that? of, I don't, I'm not going to go off on this, but like we are in a like very like fucked up place with like corporate speech and stuff where all this is concerned have you mm. seen this commercial uh i believe it's Domino's who's paying mm. to uh they're they're doing a program where they will plow roads in communities that don't have i assume that don't have snow plows so oh you can like submit to say like yeah come to this you know me this mm-hmm. duluth minnesota suburb right. um we need a plow here we don't have one and Domino's is doing it. It seems 
insane to me. It's just like it's don't like Mr. Beastian levels of like wait, why are we you know, like why are we, why are we relying this? on this? Why are we yeah, who is why are you the person or the Nothing whatever? against Mr. Beast. I'm not trying to stir the pot here, but like I don't think that's gonna <laughs> anger too many <laughs> our YouTuber community here. <laughs> the people in the Discord. <laughs> well, yeah, it is a bad. We're in a bad state. And when you when you start relating to Harry in the movie, you know you're in a bad place in society. Yes. But anyway, he seems very deeply shocked by all this. Like, truly, had never thought about it. And I feel like that's when he really kind of snaps. He's always been a little cuckoo. He's has you know, his he's having trouble all along. His he's, brother's like a main character in the movie as well. Sure, Philip. Philip right. and Philip is also pretty volatile. He is. He seems overworked. Turns out he's also a repo man. Um, Oh, wait. I didn't ask you a question. Before we get any deeper into the plot of this movie, did it scare you? Uh, um, It did not scare me, Mm -hmm. but it was unsettling Mm -hmm. at times. Mm -hmm. Deeply unsettling in a way that, like I said, it has the DNA of a really good movie. Um, There's a part... Yeah, like... you know, so the the Santa goes on a killing spree. We've said that, and you, you'd hope at this point, if you're watching Christmas Evil, which is widely recognized as the best of the Christmas horror efforts. Okay, I could, mean there aren't many. Yeah, so maybe it is widely recognized. I don't know. Um, it doesn't seem that way, but um, I yeah, there's a part where like an angry mob is chasing him, mm-hmm. and I am. Like rooting for him to get away, right, very yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, because he, yeah, he like goes back and forth. He all all everything he does in the movie is like not justified. Killing's not justified, but the his like who he kills, it's not just random people. That's right. So you know, and then he is kind to children. Yes, and um, probably a tricky person if you gave him enough. Uh, yeah but like he's not he's not out there like killing kids you know no and but an angry mob is like chasing him with with uh, torches and yes actual torches they get they whip these things up so fast incredible i think like as a parent you it's like you get the handy yeah okay we have them in the um the outside Hmm. bin oh okay yeah yeah Uh, and so he's he had entered this weird um neighborhood that had all these like um, like snowmen, like so many brightly yeah, yeah, yeah. lit snowmen. And then he's running down that same like icy, icy hill and he yeah. falls. And I guess that wasn't planned, you know, cause his wig falls right. off. Oh yeah. He falls and then he like gets up and keeps running. And um, that, yeah, he, he, that was just a, a mishap, but the director kept it in cause he just like kept going. But Love anyway, it. the lighting of it and like all the snowmen, very unsettling. Mm-hmm. None of the actual like kills scared me because they're all very cheesy. But like right. a, some of the some of the scenes where you just truly have no idea what's going to happen are pretty unsettling. Yes. Yeah, I was pretty creeped by. Yeah, it. you were scared. No, I wasn't Terrified. scared. No, mm-hmm. just a little creeped when I for those things because he does he is truly unhinged. You know, he's traumatized. Mm. Uh, you know, Arrested Development. Um adult here who is trying uh 
yeah, you know, like you can tell he, he wants, <laughs> we know he's going to start killing people at some point. And so like, yeah, when he shows up to the hospital and the old security guard approaches him, mm-hmm. you're kind of like, you don't have to do it, man. You don't have to mm-hmm. kill this guy. And it is interesting though, because I think what's hard to be scared by is that our the serial killer is the protagonist mm-hmm. and that's unusual, mm-hmm. you know? Right, there aren't a lot of those. Mm-hmm. I can't. There's probably a ton, actually, but it's not. Not in the Christmas genre. It makes it harder to be scared, inherently, right? Because you're being asked immediately to sympathize and identify with the killer, mm-hmm. rather than being the bait, right? You're not yeah. a victim. Um, and like, I mean, some movies can do both. Yeah. But yeah, this one was so squarely about about him and it was more of a like character study yeah. than it was um anything else that I yeah, I didn't I know I wasn't I didn't find it scary, but it was a blast. I really we'll get to it. Um So I wonder though if they had if they hadn't structured it this way where you like see his whole childhood trauma first, mm-hmm. you know, and you just cut to him as a grown up and he's just at a toy shop and he's going about his life and he's just so deeply annoyed by his coworkers mm-hmm. and capitalism that he goes on a killing spree and then like maybe there's flashback you know like but but putting the childhood trauma like right in front you, you are just kind of like that's that sucks yeah i'm sorry yeah sorry buddy yeah yeah exactly i even watching it there was a moment where i was like oh it should have just started here mm-hmm. like it should have started with him on the floor at the at the toy shop, yeah. you know, and then giving us flashbacks. Where you're like, why do these people hate him so much? Or like, what's making him so weird? And then you start to get glimpses of his apartment, you know, like, and yeah. you, you can kind of, you could dig in that way. But um, yeah, no, it didn't, didn't scare me. I, uh, and so, yeah, I can't remember exactly where he really starts to lose it, but he's already given his brother shit, um, like he cancels Thanksgiving. So that's before the Christmas party. You know, there's some stuff in there where he's really like, um, he's starting to disassociate. Yeah. Um, and he can't wait for Christmas. He's so excited. I think, I you know, feel he gets that. so like, yeah, Honestly, exactly. Relatable. You just can't wait to put that beard on and stuff. Um, he's memorizing. I mean, he's keeping these books of, of, uh, Oh boy. Good boys and girls and bad boys and girls in the neighborhood. It's so creepy. He hates Moss Garcia. <laughs> this poor kid cannot catch a break. Yeah, he definitely wouldn't agree with Dr. Becky. No. There are bad kids. He would say there's absolutely bad kids and I have proof. <laughs> Did you have a best parenting moment in this f- feature? Okay, I did have a best parenting moment. Ooh. Um, Not a ton of parenting in this movie um it's here and there um there's obviously like his his beginning story of what mm-hmm. happened to him and that was then your number one what that yeah. was your number <laughs> and then when the brother's grown up he has kids yep a very strange man very strange <laughs> very strange relationship with his wife i don't know um and then he so, sounds he sounds like Mel Brooks and he looks kind of like um he looks like somebody that actor who plays like Fredo Corleone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In The Godfather who yeah. I cannot remember his name for some reason. Yeah. He does look like that guy. And um fun fact. Mm. Kathleen Turner 
auditioned for the role of his wife. What? I know. She must have been in a hard way. 1980? <laughs> I don't know. Isn't that crazy? Like what this movie... Auditioned. Well, I mean, maybe she was up for it. Maybe she turned it down. Who knows? Like, who knows what the, That's the crazy. facts are? I don't know. Dang. I, I think it was like she was almost cast or something. Like she was up for the role. Okay. Interesting. Um. Anyway, so the 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 brother Philip and mm-hmm. uh, he's a dad to two boys. Um, shot at redemption there. Um, he has he had one moment. I mean, he's pretty pretty strange, but he had a moment where he shone as a parent, and he um he's like ranting about the brother. Like he's really bothered by his brother. Yes, and then this is after the point where he's like kind of figured out that it's his brother who's this wanted Santa Claus. Um, right. He, it's he, like he knows ri- something's wrong. I yeah. That's how he says it. He, he doesn't, I don't think he quite knows exactly what happened, but he definitely think they've seen the broadcast, right? The newscast. Yeah. <laughs> amazing, <laughs> amazing local. <laughs> yeah. And he, but I think they're like, they're, they're worried. They're very worried that it's him. Mm-hmm. And he snaps at the wife and um, and and he snaps at the kids and then he apologizes for yelling at the kid. Would He's you like, like to hear it? Oh, yes. Would you understand? Dennis, turn that down. But this is the best part of the movie, Daddy. I said turn it down. Dennis, I'm sorry I yelled at you. Daddy's not feeling so good. It's okay. I did just Frankenstein those two clips together. I was going to say, I thought that it was like bookended a larger thing with his wife. Yeah. Um, That's really great. Wait, is that your best parenting move too? Why Um, did you pull that clip? It was going to be, but I have a backup. I'll give you what my first one was. Okay. um, Well, I just thought that that was like pretty advanced for the time. I thought so too. Yeah. and, And he... It's almost like they threw that in there to make sure you know, like, he's a good guy or yeah. something. Yes. Because he does some questionable stuff later. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. I, I'll, <laughs> because my best parenting is also from them. Um, that Jackie is the mom. Is She picks out educational toys for her kids. She knows. She says she knows what they want. She calls them precocious. She <laughs> wants to get the, the older one... Uh, a typewriter mm. and the younger one, a new calculator. Now oh, they will, right. they that's will right. hate her for this. <laughs> um, or they'll love her. I mean, if we got, <sighs> if we got woo, like a proper, like TI 85 or something. That's true. And if he could play like penguins on it or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think he would have fun just playing on a graphing calculator. That's true. He <laughs> would for a little while. Yeah. If that was all we got him. Yes. <laughs> but then Philip makes the side comment. He says, He's a repo man is what we find out in this scene. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm going to have to repossess like a huge family or something like that to, to make that happen. Like, oh, if we're going to have money for those kinds of presents, mm. I'm going to really need to ruin someone's life <laughs> before Christmas and yeah. fast. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's a man of questionable character overall. But ultimately, that household was – I mean, they also were – um, I don't think, do you think he knows what happened to his brother as a kid? His I don't. trauma? 
I don't think he knows. I don't think he does either because they That's were also why going out on the couch. I think he would have been like, like in the daytime. I think he would have been weird about it. Yeah. No, he says to Harry, he's like, I was six years old. Like you're going to. Ho- <laughs> okay. Right. This is the scene. He's saying this. Harry comes over like m- mid killing spree um, and like confronts his brother about how he like underestimates him and. Right. And how he didn't believe him or something at the time. And uh, the Philip like freaks out and basically <laughs> kills him with his bare hands. He tries yeah, to kill him. tries with, to. He, he strangles him. I mean, for, for all intents and purposes, like he does. Yes. Because basically he's like strangling him and he's like, you're, you know, you're, you're holding it against me what i said when i was six years old like i don't remember any of this shit like right right and um he even says like i'm sorry that happened to you but like leave me out of it basically right and he and die (laughs) and die i mean it's really intense he strangles him he's you think he's dead he drags his body out of the house Mm -hmm. puts him in his van and in one of my favorite parts of the movie uh He's kind of like realizing what he's done and like having this moment of coming out of this this state where he just killed his own brother. And Harry wakes up and just punches him from so inside good. the car and and drives away in the van, which he has painted to have a Santa sleigh on it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of his chariot the whole time. And the brother chases him that's right on foot on foot and uh yeah this is like the end of the movie but uh go ahead it's go for it pretty wild like the brother falls down this embankment and you think he's gonna die and you're kind of just like well that that'd be okay because you basically just tried to kill him the angry mom comes back with all the torches yeah they're still looking they're still running around still very angry still have the torches lit torches are like that they just keep burning yeah, they keep they, they'll stay burning forever some say yep <laughs> it's just the that's the, how ours are we keep them lit in the on the front bin outside that's right that's right well now they sell the ones that are like led they i think they last we like, should get some of those yeah um and so and santa swerves to avoid the um the crowd and beetlejuice style just like goes right off the bridge and he's flying through the air and the brother's watching does he fall into the the lake or the river yes no he flies josh he flies oh i thought you meant like really what happens <laughs> Like, do you think he actually died or did he really fly away? Question of the week, I guess. That's true. <laughs> um, which I also thought was a pretty great ending. But yeah. Um, anyway, I don't think the brother knows. And uh, You're right. He says it he, pretty explicitly. <laughs> Sounds like. Weirdly, I mean, weirdly, the fact that Philip and his wife, Jackie, you said? Jackie. Um, or are the best parenting moments in the film. That's it's a low bar. I think they do pretty good. They I do gotta pretty say, good. They they're do all, pretty they're good. under a lot of stress. You they know? are. They're also really hot for each other, like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. I mean they're both pretty fit. 
grown-ups, you know? Go yeah, off. Real fit, yeah. Real fit, isn't it? <laughs> um, well, what's the worst parenting moment in this movie for you? Okay. Now that we know so, the ending. I think, I mean, yeah. There is a blatantly bad parenting moment in this movie where a child gets hit. That's smacked. mine. When Mrs. Garcia is slapping Moss and saying... You would ruin my one night out. Such a classic 80s mom thing to Mm -hmm. say, though, and do. Not doesn't make it right. That's right. Do you have a different one? Yeah, because I thought maybe that would be yours. Um, I think that from from what I, you know, saw as what the beginning of the film is, Mm -hmm. I think that the... Harry and Philip's mom fabricating this Santa event. Mm. I thought that that was the, that was kind of the fatal flaw of the movie. It's all on her. You blame her for the murders? Well, they do say. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trace it back to the mother. Wow. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It's not, it's not that. It's just that that was such a misstep. And I feel like, okay, if you're going to do that, fine. And you need to go to bed and you need to, it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with having a Santa kink, but you also need to do that in the, in your bedroom or you need to shut a door, lock a door. You need to, if you're thinking so much about your kids and their experience of Christmas that you go to the lengths that she did to make the magic happen so they can see the magic. Mm Mm-hmm then you need to end the story there or you need to be more responsible in the way that you have your sexy time with Santa. I guess so. I don't think but, you can get anybody with Santa King to move away from the- The Christmas tree. The, That's the what I'm saying. Christmas tree or the chimney. Well- <laughs> They were right in the sweet spot. I see what you're saying. The Christmas tree and the chimney. That's right. Um, <laughs> That's right. I get that, but then I think that there needs to be a door with a lock. There needs to be something you're just doing. Or just wait until later when you know. I'm sorry, but you know when your kids are asleep. You know when they're awake. (laughs) You know when they've just peed the bed, which is just what happened to us. Yeah, we had to take a little break. Sorry if there's anything weird (laughs) jarring in this episode that we can't edit around. Because we just had a break with an accident. Um, which is rare these days so it kind of caught off us, us uh, off guard certainly I have to say that we were on our game like volunteer firefighters I feel like we just knew exactly what to do we left into action made it happen and you were there with that baking soda and the towel so fast yeah I blink ready. of an eye uh, so lively and quick <laughs> Um, I, I, I wish I had timed my switching from wet PJs to dry PJs I feel like oh, we could be on some good. sort of parenting challenge. Oh, yeah, like a supermarket sweep for parenting? Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. Very strange show. <laughs> the child is wet. Oh, God. <laughs> um, ignoring the fact that this is also a Thanksgiving movie, I, I do want to talk about a really fun moment in this movie where the cops who are investigating this mm-hmm. and what I will say usual suspects ripped off uh widely recognized yeah as the biggest influence on 
the usual suspects is their lineup of Santas. Mm, um, that was really fun. That was great. And but those cops that are in another movie, um, they they talk about like the origins. They basically are like, yeah, like Christmas was invented in New York is basically like what they say. Mm. Like modern Christmas, this whole thing, it's all New Yorkers. Talks about how, uh, you know, like Dutch immigrants mm. brought it here. Um, the the guy who wrote "Twas the Night Before Christmas," which gives us our first real glimpse at like modern Santa Claus. Yeah, is a New Yorker. That's right. And that was such a strange conversation. Like a few years later, some artist at like the Saturday Evening Post or something, based on that poem drew like the first drawings that were like our modern Santa. Mm. Like this is all the 1930s. Yeah. Which is so weird to think about that the Christmas that this is happening in is only like, we're not even at 50 years of this right. style of Christmas. And the interesting thing is I kept going back to like um, the naughty and nice stuff. Cause it always, it, you know, it really gets under my skin. It's so like anti the way we parent to, to use you know, the carrot and stick of naughty and nice. Uh, right. The stick right. and the carrot in that way to say like, if you're good, Santa in his surveillance state will do right by you. If you cross him, you will, you know, but like that is actually the oldest part of this. I thought that would have been a modern interpretation, mm. but the naughty and nice comes from these ancient, uh, like. Yeah. More like a Krampus. Yes, I mean you get in some Krampus stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was one thing I read that said it might even go back to like, um, like Odin and his ravens oh, as wow. like spies and stuff. Ah, They're yes, like the elf on the shelves, the, the on original the elves yeah. on the shelves. Yeah, oh. really crazy. So, I two things on that that I saw recently. One was, uh, you know, Santa knew that Rudolph was being bullied. Okay. Yeah. So your differences only make you special when they can be commodified is the lesson. I think that's right. Um and then that's the what other, I believe. <laughs> and the other thing was um and that now, was written by an ad man. <laughs> a copywriter wrote Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Oh. Uh, yeah. Wow. And then wow. a friend of his turned it into a song. And that's how Rudolph exists. I might snap myself right now if I keep hearing yeah. all this de- demythologizing. Jeez. It's pretty crazy. Oh, my gosh. Um, the other thing I saw was like, you know, I know lots of people love elves on the shelves. And hopefully it's a fun thing and not like a, a spy thing. Right. But I just love the idea of like, you don't. You, you're just a good kid and you don't need a, an elf to report back. So yeah, you don't need an elf on the shelf. That's true. It is weird to then be like your friends do, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that family, those, does. those families there, you know, yeah. You I like it if Sarah it's just gets. like, like a fun thing that's like, you know, um, put in different poses and stuff and. I feel like we've talked about this on the on, on our many Christmas episodes before. But um yeah, just like 
you're you're already good. And I like that in general with uh with Santa, all that stuff. Let's take that part out of it. Yeah. It gets into direct consequences, which we've talked about probably ad nauseum on mm-hmm. this show before. But like, yeah, you can't you can't hold the entire year up against one day. The scales are too unbalanced. Like mm-hmm. nobody wins that. So nobody like, wins. That's a great way to put it. There's no possible way any kid could reasonably think, oh, I have actually been good. They're all then dreading in some way. Like, oh, what mm-hmm. if you do? Like, I remember thinking that as a kid. It's like, what if, like, what if you, what if there was coal mm-hmm. in your stocking? Mm-hmm. That would suck. I don't know. Never happened to me, but you'd hear about <laughs> it. Some kid, you know what I mean? You'd hear like a friend of a friend. Yeah. 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 He woke up with a whole stocking full of coal. Oh, so messy. Brutal. Brutal. <laughs> um, Thomas Nast was the cartoonist. Mm-hmm. Harper's Weekly, the publication. Wow. The year was 1881. Wow. It is a wild thing. And also, I love that that scene was in uh, this movie, giving us that history of Yeah. No, I mean, truly. I never would have thought I love the idea of saying is like, <laughs> he's he's a New Yorker. Is great. It's yeah. like a fun... Classic New York thing. Love it. Um, with our good kids, like a thing they're really obsessed with this year because we got them on a Weird Al kick at some point during the year. Oh, yes. My Spotify wrapped. Uh, I was th- in the top 3% of Weird Al Yankovic listeners. Sing it. Can you name Eat it? <laughs> can you name more than those Weird Al songs we were listening to? I've actually listened to a lot of them being in the top 3%. Okay. Like, Wu and I, we kind of dabble around. Sure. You know, they really love Party in the CIA. Yeah, yeah, which that's is what tough, he's saying to get. Which is very tough um, because it talks about like waterboarding. Yeah. And I don't love it. Also, just like killing people. I um, mean, that's their sweet spot. But that gets brings us right to the other thing that they found that they love which you don't allow Christmas music out of season, but on the algorithm when we were back East for the wedding in October came uh, a weird Al song and it's the night Santa went crazy, mm-hmm. which really is from the same album as Amish paradise. I would have thought it was an earlier one, but I guess it is part of the nineties um, trend of postal workers you know shooting up their places of employment mm-hmm. um because that's essentially the theme is like if santa claus <laughs> went crazy and we you know went the north pole equivalent of they went postal mm-hmm. if santa went postal oh my god uh and shot up everything and so it's like a very violent um and you know, it's supposed to be silly. The kids understand that it's silly. We seem to struggle with it, but it's a hard one to put on. We haven't repeated it for our own uh, fears. Do you want to talk about it at all? I just, yeah, I mean, I it just plays upon a lot of things I don't really want to laugh about right now. Mm-hmm. So it's really tough. And of course, that's all they want to listen to. I mean, they don't they don't bring it up that much, but... Um, grandma got run over by a reindeer isn't quite as funny, you know, to them. Yeah. It's a tough song 
to just like get around. I wish I wasn't like so, so sensitive about it, but it's just like everything is really violent and bad. And it's, I like, I, but I can relate to liking this because I would have loved it as a kid. And it's a Weird Al original. This is an Alfred Yankovic original song. Mm. It's not a parody in the classic sense. Um, I never thought about his name being Alfred. Yeah. So nice. It is. I don't know. It really, I was thinking about it so much during this movie because of mm. obvious, obvious the night connections. Santa went crazy. Yeah. This is, that was the third title that's actually not true there was there was a third title to this movie um <laughs> terror in toyland mm, i like you better watch out agreed yeah um yeah. question yeah okay when uh and this might be a interview with a vampirant mm. or question of the week wait what can i ask you something certainly um what did you leave out for santa as a child oh my god I'm so glad we're talking about this i can't believe we breezed past this when we we're going through the, all this plot of this movie that opening scene his like his truly gauzy memory of meeting santa involves a silver bowl, a bar of soap for him to wash his oh my I guess, God. Yeah, that hands was so on from the strange. chimney. That was probably part of their kink. Yeah. Was that ever a thing that people did? I couldn't find anything out there about that. And then no. bread. And I'm going to assume, I'm going to say honey. And now look, and then a big pitcher, a big silver pitcher of milk also. Very, very weird. Um, it was wild and very jarring to watch. But then on like rewatching it, pulling clips and stuff, I was kind of like, I could, I could see that if, you know, you're a hungry traveler mm. and there's like a plate of sugar cookies, especially those ones now that are just like the super hard, almost shortbread cookies. They're mm. covered in like that, like veneer of icing mm-hmm. i hate those things so much if like someone left from out... this from from the supermarket or no those are delicious those yeah, are little okay. pillows of cookie those yeah. are great um i know what you're talking about they're very very popular among like the diy cookie yes, making community exactly people print pictures on them or you know if you're mm-hmm. gonna like over decorate it's like fondant on cakes and stuff it's just like it's really inedible they're decorations they're not food yeah yeah um, I've had I've had good versions and I've had bad versions. I've never had a good one. Well, it tastes like chalk. But so if I'm Santa, and I got a plate of those, or there's like a loaf of this good looking like sourdough bread, <laughs> make myself a sandwich. Yeah, and there's some peanut butter or some honey or some jam. Mm, I'm digging into maybe that. Maybe all three. Ten times out of ten. And but what would we leave? Are you out? washing your hands with the? With the water? Gosh, if it's presented and offered to me, I might actually, you know? That's kind of how I am with hand washing in general. <laughs> Only when it's offered. Yeah. If, if the sign isn't up there, like all employees must wash hands, you're just well, like... Mm. loophole. I'm gone. <laughs> you know what? I would think if you're going to put out um, a 
bat, a, a basin of water mm-hmm. for Santa to wash his filthy, sooty hands. Yes. You should also provide some lotion to seal in the moisture. Because I know if I were Santa, that would just dry my hands out. And then they'd be wet and then they'd stick to the ice maybe. Gosh, that's a nightmare. That's, Especially that's out awful. in the cold. Maybe. A little cracking. Yeah. Again, may have all been part of the kink. I have no idea. But Like some rough hands. <laughs> Not me. Rough crack knuckles. some hand cream. Um, now. Santa's probably got gross hands. Really gross. I think that's right. Mm. He's a work. I mean, he's, he's a workman. You know, is he though? Maybe he's not. <laughs> he doesn't do shit. Goes down a lot of chimneys. You know what I'm but saying? with magic. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> he takes a knee. Oh my god! He's the, he's the Colin Kaepernick, Saint Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> oh my god. Um. <laughs> uh. Oh, look at this baby. She don't know what's going on. Now, if. I, what I would leave out for Santa Claus would absolutely be an assortment of cookies, like whatever you got, and you want an assortment because I don't know what he's had by the time he's gotten to me. Um, the coolest thing I think we ever did was left out cocoa and in the microwave with a sign with instructions on how to heat it up wow. so it would be like nice and hot and ready to go. Oh, that's nice. Um, and then we would leave stuff out for the reindeer too. You leave carrots and celery or le- head of lettuce or whatever out for the reindeer. I like on that. the lawn. On the lawn, wow. Mm-hmm. That is some extra effort. Yeah. Yep. Um, what about you? Yeah, it was usually uh, the cookies that we make, the spritz cookies. Mm. I feel like I've talked about those many a year. Um. But I can, yeah, I can post that recipe. Easy. I think so. We should, I think we should leave eggnog this year. Oh. Wow. Get Santa drunk. Get him impaired. Now. <laughs> um, uh, the reindeer know what to do at this point, you know? That's true. That's true. They've, they, they know where to go. They've been doing this for centuries at this point. <laughs> at least a century. Yeah, I mean, well, Rudolph kind of seems like window dressing at this point. Mar- yeah. It's just all marketing, we've found out. The reindeer were doing fine without him. And let's not get too appalled. We don't We don't want to go on a murder rampage Fair here. Fair enough. Um, Is it? Should we talk for about some scary good stuff real quick? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do we have a button for scary good stuff? I don't think we do. Sad. I don't. Um, yeah, some scary good stuff. This you found you found this, but it really relates to the movie. We again. Let's let's be clear. Aunt Monica. Found okay. This. Aunt Monica found this. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, mm-hmm. sure, sure, sure. She's a subscriber. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You can share. Uh, yeah, Aunt Monica sent us a great podcast recommendation. Um, and I usually only listen to this podcast when she tells me to. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, massively popular We Can Do Hard Things with Glennon Doyle um, is a two-part episode on emotionally immature parents. And people in your life. If you and have people a, in your life. And and really, Philip is dealing with one of those in this movie, so we thought it'd be a really good one to share. This is, this is the excerpt 
from the movie that was in your uh, best parenting. This is what sets him off. Mm. Why won't you understand? I wanted an older brother. Somebody to look up to, to be proud of, to talk to. My brother is an emotional cripple. I'm his keeper, responsible for everything he does. Mm. And that really hit for me. I was like, oh, that's an emotionally insecure person. Emotionally insecure? Immature. Immature person. Emotionally mm. immature person. Because I devoured those two episodes of podcasts. There's a lot of those people in the world. Mm-hmm. And they are very challenging to deal with. And mm-hmm. I thought it was a great listen in advance of the holidays. You know, um, you think Philip is emotionally immature. No, I think Harry is. Yes, yes. And and Philip is doing his best to deal with it. He's so frustrated because he doesn't understand. He's naming it in a way. Right. But he doesn't know why it's so frustrating or why he feels so responsible for him. Right, right. You know? And he's also saying what he wants and what he's lacking. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the real crime here is that like he was he was denied what he thought he deserved in an older brother because he was left with this like shell of an older brother who really just wanted to be a kid and wanted to be Christmas all the time. Yeah. He's grieving the loss of what he will never get. Yeah. As they say, as they say. Um, Yeah. Highly recommend just giving it a listen. I feel like even if your parents aren't, uh, if that doesn't ring true for your, your parents, um, like Josh said, there's a lot of people in the world like this that That's it. can be very, very difficult to deal with. For me, to be clear, it wasn't my parents. Thanks for listening. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely was more other people. And so it was interesting to just go like, oh, yeah, I mean, but just it hits. And I think about all the people that, you know, who I know who suffer with these people in their lives. And I'm just like, dang. Anyway, it was really, it was really good, worth a listen. And, um, I will kind of spoil a thing about it here because I think what's so tough about, I think the way a lot of these things set up when someone's like, this is a way to talk to your, you know, Republican uncle at Thanksgiving Mm, kinds of, mm -hmm. of things is like, how do you confront this? And one of my favorite things about this is like when asked that question, the answer is kind of like, you probably don't need to Mm -hmm. like just kind of be able to name this thing and identify it might be what you need. And I thought that was very... Well, yeah, that's kind of how they leave it in part one. But part two is all about dealing with it. And I like the advice of like turning into a anthropologist mm. and like not trying to... Yeah, just like not trying to change anybody and not trying to like get anything out of it. Yeah. But basically just like stating what you need and like holding boundaries and then otherwise just kind of observing yes. like taking your own emotion out of it which i feel like that i mean that could be a life challenge really you know um that could be something that you work on your whole life but I, it's not it's not as easy as just like i'm gonna turn on my anthro uh mm-hmm. my anthropology uh switch right now but i feel like it is a good tactic of like okay i'm not gonna this isn't personal, you know, yes. it is very, very personal, but they, they have nothing to do with me. Like this, this person isn't behaving in relation to me. They're just behaving the way they're behaving. And yes, I need to be true to myself. A lot of the thing they talk about is like how, if you're, 
if you're a child in this situation dealing with a parent or an authority figure who is emotionally immature that you might, um, you know, not ever develop your sense of self until later. Mm-hmm. So even just like grounding yourself and, you know, having, you know, if Harry had, or I guess if Philip, if Philip could do this yeah, with Harry, it's like he would just be there for Harry mm-hmm. if he wants to come to the dinner. If he doesn't, he needs to let go of this thinking that he is owed this older brother figure, accepting that that's not what was ever promised to him and to move on with his beautiful family that he is trying to be so respectful with and trying to like break cycles clearly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm glad Philip didn't die, but at the same time he (laughs) like really tried to kill his brother. So (laughs) that part I was like, Oh, Philip's What's also great reason to keep a little arm's length, distance with these people in your life because mm, you know never know it if it eats at you like that to the point like your own father dressed as santa claus once did that it would <laughs> that if it was it's the kind of thing where like if he is going to have these kinds of reactions to his brother he owes it to himself and his family to have a little bit more of that yeah anthropological distance here Mm -hmm. it's just be like okay well you know suit yourself we'll uh you know hopefully we'll see you soon you know he suited himself suited and booted (laughs) in the new old-fashioned way um cheers cheers old fashions chingling (laughs) now um yeah as anyway check it out it's cool (laughs) <laughs> school podcast i'm i'm just glad that it was uh it was it sparked a lot of fun discussion you know yeah and even got brought up at the holiday party i was at last weekend completely not i didn't bring it up just somebody else did oh wow and uh yeah and i was like oh hmm. mm-hmm. you listen to that massively popular podcast yeah. you're one of the millions <laughs> yeah interesting yeah but i think it does speak to a lot of Maybe just women of a certain age right now. No doubt. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess I'm not quite there, but it's a fun phrase to say. <laughs> I feel like women of a certain age is like a little older than me. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. But I mean, just in a literal sense, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Should we rate this thing? I think we have to. <sighs> All right. All right. All right. You want to go first? Sure. Um, okay, for the movie, Josh, mm-hmm. how many at-home smelting kits Ooh. do you give this movie out of 25? Uh, I'm going to give it 20 out of 25. Wow, you really liked it. I had a blast with this movie. Yeah. It hit just right. I thought it was a B movie in some of the best ways, but like you said, it has the DNA of a great movie. And so I think with like a little imagination. Um, yeah. It, there's also, I didn't share a couple of my like fun facts. Did yeah. You? So when he gets dragged into the party, like at the like oh, function yeah. hall, yeah. Do you recognize who was dragging him into the party? No. Fucking Hector Salamanca. 
bless you. Hector Salamanca it, from Breaking Bad in the wheelchair oh with the bell. Oh my gosh. That is that same actor. Whoa. Uh, his real name is, of course, Mark Margolis, um, who I believe passed away this year. As did Edward Pressman. But um, hmm. Evan's got a hell of a band. Um, but they, yeah, I thought that was really cool. But the, I mean, the big thing is, I thought Brandon Maggart, who played, who is Harry, uh-huh. the, the lead in this, yeah, he's going for it. He's a good actor. He very much is. Yes, he's his, his performance is definitely part of why this movie works in such a weird way. Yes, like he, um probably classically trained this guy i mean he's fucking a he is yeah is he like a broadway guy like what is his deal um i don't totally know he's absolutely a theater guy he's been nominated for a tony he uh oh, wow. he was nominated for four cable ace awards for a showtime show in the 80s called brothers which i'd never even heard of but now i like legit want to watch it um hmm. but yeah, he he's like brothers, as in Harry and Philip. I imagine it's yeah, it's their show. It's a comedy. Um, it's a comedy. Yeah, he was on the first season of Sesame Street. He's in Dressed to Kill. Is it? He's in the World According to Garp. Some random other stuff like that. Um, but he's. I just thought he was great. I love like he's really like doing his best with this movie, and he's he's like enjoying. I think like really like playing this role super real. Um and But if he had gone like a hair over where he went, yeah. It would have been so silly and dumb. It would have been like Silent Night, Deadly Night. Totally. Like, just so bad. Yeah. Oh no, no, that's it. And there's like some serious B movie gaffes in this, but like there's just enough set pieces. And I would have given it twenty five out of twenty five at home smelting kits. If there were, if there were, the rampage was more severe, if he yeah. had gone, I think if he'd gone after more of his coworkers or something else, or if there was some other, you know, I, I think there's another yeah. gear. There was a slowness to it, yeah, but that was kind of fun too. The exactly, music was cool. The well, okay, the music and the sound design were absolutely incredible. I would say, yes. if I mean, I do, I really do feel like, um, if I were like a sound. Uh, teacher you know in, mm. in film school i would have people watch this movie because it, it's wild yes like a very i i almost would like to see it. i would have liked to see it in theater it was really really good sound design um very unsettling um and as far as the slowness goes i mean do you have anything else you want to say about i have one other fun fact okay go ahead do you know who one of his daughters is philip's daughter wait his daughter? His real Who's life da- daughter. Oh, okay. Who? Brandon Maggart's real life daughter is, is Fiona Apple. Excuse me? That's right. This is Fiona Apple's daddy. Okay. <laughs> I don't know who I thought you were going to say. Definitely not Fiona Apple. How insane is that? Okay. Okay. Legit. The she would world. have been alive when he made this movie. Oh, p- potentially on set. Potentially on set. She could have been in this movie. She even wanted little kids. That's that's really strange. Wow. Nice fact. Thank you. Wow. 
Yeah, I was really feeling it. Anyway, totally enjoyable. Yeah, there's it's hard to tell where sound design and score end and begin. I think it's also part of what put you to sleep last night because it's very ambient, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a little like wall of noise elements to it sometimes. Anyway. Yeah. I thought it, I I thought it was cool. I it's not going to be for everybody, but it's but it was it was hitting right. If you want to watch a Christmas slasher movie, this is the one you should watch. I agree. I I'm with Jason Duval on this one. <laughs> and apparently always... John Waters, who also apparently is That's a big, right. uh, booster of this movie. That's right. How many at-home smelting kits do you give the uh, 1980 Christmas horror movie classic um Christmas Evil? I don't think I could I feel like you have a zest and an exuberance for this movie that I can't I don't want to top it but I do feel like I would give it 20 out of 25. Great. Um I probably would have rated it higher but I'm generally more generous with ratings. Um Yeah, I mean I wanted to give a little mm, bit of space to say like it's not a gr- it's not like it's, a great film. No. Yeah, that's how I always feel in like Letterboxd or like Goodreads and when you're rating things where you're like, well, I'm not going to give it five stars. That means it would be like my favorite book or movie. Yeah. You know? That's what I try to say on this show is that yeah. like, I like to leave a little bit of space for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I like to leave a little bit of space for like those perfect movies where you're yeah. just like, this doesn't, it doesn't get any better than this. And that doesn't mean that like, whatever, uh, I'm trying to think of something I've given a perfect rating besides like The Shining, but like, yeah. oh, if, okay, well, like let's say Nightmare on Elm Street, Three Dream Warriors mm. and The Shining are not the same level of goodness, but they're the, but they're both in certain ways, like pinnacles of their respective forms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm here mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. I've Scratching heard. certain itches. Those long, long knife fingers. Um, so yes, I would give it 20 out of 25. Um, and I, I feel like the slowness, even though it's, you know, it it did ten, it dragged a little bit at times, but I feel like that was also the creepy, uh, really creepy part of it. Okay, yeah. from the very beginning when he sees the deed being done, yes, um, that was very unsettling and the hand washing and everything, um, but like little things like, you know, he's actually spying on kids. That was very creepy and yes. weird. We don't know this movie. We yeah, don't know we, if, if he's going to... We barely touched on this, no pun intended, in this movie about like his... Like he's almost certainly on a watch list at the very least. Right. Like he has a picture of little Susie from across the street yeah. who he says is so beautiful. Yeah. And it, re- it does kind of feel like Lewis Jackson, the writer and director of this movie... Um, was like, I don't know, like, what if Santa was just a regular guy? Like, how creepy would that be, man? What if God was one of us? <laughs> and so, <clears throat> that was very creepy. Um, like, making the Santa suit. And then he's, like, surprised. I think it's Mas Garcia that he's, so he, like, creeps out in the bushes mm-hmm. you don't know where that's going no you I really still don't, don't know. know where it's going <laughs> i still don't know where it's going but it was yeah just on just on the right side of of a b movie where you're like this is this is really creepy and weird yeah. the kills were the least scary parts the 
part where he gets dragged into the the Christmas party and he's just like dancing with those women and like yeah. dancing with the kids and giving the kids a speech. It's like you really don't know if he's going to murder everybody in that room, you know? And it's almost like you're right there with him fighting the urge to. Like, you really do think he's about to kill people. Yes. Um, I, oh, I really must go now. But now... I want you to remember to stay good boys and girls. Respect your mothers and fathers and do what they tell you. Obey your teachers and learn a whole lot. Now, if you do this, I'll make sure you get good presents from me every year. <laughs> but if you're bad boys and girls, your name goes in the bad boys and girls book. And I'll bring you something horrible. I love how much they're eating it up. They're loving it. They're just in this stranger. I mean, that to me is the cool. It does make you it does make you think. It makes you think about <laughs> like the kind of mall Santa culture, but people are just like, yeah, come on in. Like come and join our party. Well, yeah, yeah. And Later on, when he's in that neighborhood and the kids like protect him against their parents. Yeah. Yes. First of all. Oh, my the, God. What the, a great scene. The yeah. kids all run to him. They're like, Santa, Santa. And he's at this point, the parents know that there's like this madman loose. Oh, they all have their mouths covered. You know, like, right, but they're, they're like not doing anything. No. Like all the adults in this movie are so to blame you know for yeah. all of this um and they're they're not doing anything about it. they're like they're not like kids come here you know they're just letting it all happen they're just watching it part partially i think because of that social contract of like we just let santa take our kids right and do whatever you know well, yeah and i think yeah i think they're looking at it like well shit if we like if we kill Santa in front of these kids, what happens then? I think there's weirdly just a radicalizing focus. more and more kids. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Old generation. Santa has an army. I I do wonder though if that's like that's kind of how I was reading it. It's like oh well, we couldn't possibly hurt Santa because what will that do to the kids? But they're not thinking about all the other like big and small ways they're like torturing these kids on a daily basis with santa stuff and otherwise oh, you know okay, yeah. like it was just yeah, That's was, it, yeah. there's that too but then the the one of the dads eventually pulls a knife yeah switchblade too a switchblade classic blade. new yorker the little girl gets her hands on it amazing you really and you really don't know you're like i really don't know what's gonna happen yeah this is the kind of movie that could absolutely kill a kid mm -hmm. and doesn't it's incredible mm -hmm. yeah um also when he goes to his coworker's house and kills him in bed. He's like smothering him with a bag of presents, which was really implausible. Yeah, and then he's unable to do it though. He's unable to do it. The the wife is just sleeping soundly. Mm -hmm. She finally wakes up. The guy tries to get away and Santa takes the star off the tree and like cuts his throat. Yeah. And 
all of the kills, the one at the church, mm-hmm. the one, um, this one in bed, and, uh, well, anyway, I can't remember. Is there remember. even another one? I, I think that really might be it. That might be it. They linger so long on the reaction of people. Yes. That it's very scary. That it's part true. is really scary and weird. And again, lots of inaction. That guy with the slit throat from the Frank. Or- Frank <laughs> from the ornament from the star. He absolutely would have survived that. Like it's it was it's very ten. It's like a very light wound. <laughs> yeah, I did know. not go through his windpipe. Truly did not. Um, even then, he takes uh, Santa takes the time to like be kind to the kids. Yeah, when he leaves. <laughs> Yeah. He's just a really tortured soul. Um believes in the innocence of children. Hates that these young kids out there actually. Well, I I love that scene where he's also like you know, he the kids call out to him from across the street and they're like, "Hey, Harry, like what'd you dream about today?" And he has like a really childish answer. It's like, "I dreamt I'm like super I'm super tall and I'm the big, you know, whatever." Yeah. And then and then all the kids kind of say, like one kid's like, I'm I'm the principal. I dream I'm the principal of the school and I can kick anybody out that I want to. And he kind of like chuckles at that. And like when the kid's like, I'd blow up the projects at like the other. And, he, um, and then he just doesn't like that Moss Garcia. No. Naughty list. Naughty list. Um, um, yeah. Just a lot of inaction, as I'm realizing. Mm-hmm. The wife, uh, Jackie, Philip's wife, is just watching so chill as she watches her husband kill her brother-in-law with his bare hands. She's not horrified. She's just very, very chill watching this. You know, there's something, there's something about this movie and inaction and like parents letting things happen. Yeah. That I think that was, and that is a very unsettling part about Santa and christmas and yeah it 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 definitely struck a nerve 20 out of 25 you don't rate the kids i think so all right uh how many sloppy office christmas party bartenders do you give the kids in this movie out of six sloppy bartenders um these kids Moss Garcia, he was he stood out. Sure. I liked how he uh I liked how he handled his scene. Get slapped, but then still see that's the thing. Mm-hmm. He well his his nature, his defiant spirit cannot be beaten out of him. He'll stand up to anybody that Moss Garcia. Even if he does have negative body hygiene. <laughs> So sad. Otherwise, like pretty generic. I don't know. It didn't, they didn't really, they weren't supposed to really stand out, I guess. I thought the kid who played Harry as a kid was very creepy. Yeah. And weird. Yeah. So just I was for, hoping we were going to get more of him. I think we were both worried that this would have nothing to do with children at all after that scene ended. Um, oh, yeah. So for him alone, I think I would give it five out of six. All right. What about you? I'm going six out of six. They did the best of what they were given. <laughs> I'm also, my jaw's on the fucking floor right now. Okay. Because I was trying to find out who plays Moss Garcia, and I couldn't find that, but I did find out who plays Mrs. Garcia. 
Right. The worst parent in the movie. Yeah. And her name is Patricia Castle Richardson. Okay. And she is an American actress best known for her portrayal of Jill Taylor on the ABC sitcom <gasps> Home Improvement. Oh my gosh. No, you didn't have to say anything else after I Jill Taylor. Oh my gosh. Unreal. I feel like I'm losing my gift because I feel like I normally would have been able to spot that. She's she's in shadow. She's barely. Yeah. In the shadow. Yeah. It's her first. It was her first acting credit. Wow. And look at her. Look at her now. Look at her now. Covering up for Tim the Toolman Taylor's uh, misgivings out there in real life. Now, uh, <laughs> yeah, these kids, six out of six. Uh, it's really, I, we talked about the, you know, this podcast you should go listen to, but really you should be sharing this podcast with people. But like, you know, the important thing to make sure that you stay on our nice list mm. is that you, when you're sharing this, you please, you pretty please. Be a good little boy and girl. Be on the nice list. And please don't be a creep. Get in touch. You can email us at mummyxdaddy at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at mummyxdaddypod. You can visit us on the internet for show notes and more at mummyxdaddy.com. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And please, tell a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding is the tune everybody dances to. Bye! Bye.